May God add his blessing to the reading of the scriptures this morning, and may the words of my mouth be just what we need to hear today. Thoughts of Christmas and thoughts of war really don't easily fit together in my mind. The idea of war seems about as far as you can get from the happiness and all the joy that goes along with the holiday season, the pain and suffering of battle, and the joy and the celebration of Christmas just seem so very opposite in two things that are far, far apart from one another. But for some soldiers who were fighting in World War I, Christmas came right in the middle of war. Life in the trenches was brutal. New technology at that time, like tanks and mustard gas, made it easier to kill, to do it efficiently, and to make it a painful death. Well, one night in 1914, there were some soldiers who chose peace over war. On Christmas Eve of 1914, some German and some British Allied soldiers were sort of, I guess you could say they took peace into their own hands that evening. They sang and they played cards, or I'm sorry, they played carols to each other across no man's land. And they realized that they, I wonder if it sounded like that. And they, and they realized that they knew the same songs, but they were just in different languages. And early on Christmas Day, some of the German soldiers came out of their trenches, walked across no man's land and unarmed. And as they were walking toward the Allied soldiers, they were waving and smiling and saying, Merry Christmas to their enemies. Well, the Allied soldiers crawled out of their trenches and joined them. They shook hands. They exchanged gifts of cigarettes and plum pudding, the only things they had. And they sang Christmas carols together, each in their own language. History.com tells us that there was even a game of soccer out in that field that took place that day. Well, that Christmas truce only happened one time, and it never, ever happened again. But on that special day, those enemies put aside their disagreements, and they experienced the Christmas spirit of peace even if it was short-lived. Can you imagine? That must have been quite a sight to see these enemies who just minutes before have been trying to destroy one another. And now we're sharing the peace of Christmas. And for us, God's peace can even fill us when we're surrounded by chaos God's peace and presence can cut through even the worst circumstances, including war 
including any emotional valley that we might find ourselves in, including a pandemic. We think of Christmas as a season of joy, but it can be a painful season for some. Maybe you're one of those people whom Christmas is not such a joyful time of the year. What battles do you face today? What pain is bombarding you as you hunker down in the trenches of life like those soldiers did so long ago? We may not be able to end the personal, the emotional, or the foolish political wars that are going on in our nation and throughout the world these days during this holiday season, a season which should be peaceful. But we know one thing. Even in the darkest places, we can lean into God because God is always with us. Today, as we continue our Advent journey and we approach Christmas this coming Saturday, we're focusing on celebrating peace. The peace that has been brought into our world by Emmanuel. That means God with us. My hope is that today, each of you will experience the comfort of God's peace deep in your souls this Christmas season and on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and throughout the rest of the year. If you've been here the last few weeks, as we've moved toward Christmas, you know that we've been celebrating Advent. And the kids and I just talked about it a little bit. A quick recap, the word Advent means coming or arrival. It's a season of joyful expectation. It's a season of waiting and anticipating what is to come. It's a season that connects the past, the present, and the future. Advent looks back in celebration of the hope that was fulfilled when Jesus came. It looks at the same time forward, hopefully, and eagerly to the coming of Christ's kingdom when he returns. And each week, we focus on a different trait of God represented in the person of Jesus. Hope, love, joy, and peace. Because Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. He is the greatest example of all of these traits. The shepherds in the Christmas story, I think, often get a bad rap. They're seen as outcasts, a dirty, unruly kind of a group that was kind of at the bottom rung of the ladder of society in their day. And they held a lower place, but not all scholars believe that they were so unrespectable. In fact, shepherds at one time held a very high position. Some of the great ones were shepherds. I think you've probably heard these four names. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and David. They were all, all shepherds, and David was a direct descendant of Jesus. But the shepherds had fallen in society since the days of David, and they were considered to be a lower social class. And it was kind of a menial job that somebody had to do. It involved hard labor in all kinds of weather. It was very physical work with the animals, the stinky animals. 
A shepherd wasn't what most mamas dreamed that their boys would grow up to be. It just wasn't. At the other end in Israel in that day were the religious leaders of the day. Nowadays, we have no respect for our religious leaders. In those days, they were the very most respected people. They were smug in their moral goodness. They had high positions of power. They made sure that everybody knew who they were and knew what their place was in society. Religious leaders at the top, everybody else below. They kept themselves lifted up by putting other people down and reminding them that they weren't as wise as they were. They believed that they were the ones who had a direct line to God and his purpose for all of their lives. And they needed to listen to them to find out what that purpose was. So shepherds weren't exactly used to being contacted by angels. You can imagine, I guess you probably can't imagine their surprise that night when there they were on the hillside on the outskirts of Bethlehem, the brightest sky, of the star of the sky dimmed, and then the whole sky began to glow with the bright light of an angel. And Luke described it as Pastor Kay just read for us. There were shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock. I'm giving the APG version here. And an angel came and appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone, and they were scared. And I would be scared too. What was going on? As if a vision of an angel wasn't enough, the glowing guy or girl began to speak. So don't be afraid. I bring you good news. Good news is going to not only cause you joy, but all people. And they had no idea what that angel was saying because that, the words that he, spoke, he or she or it spoke that day bring joy to us today, 2,000 plus years later. And then goes on to say, today in the town of Bethlehem, a Savior has been born. The Messiah, the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You'll find him wrapped in clothes and laying in a manger. Unbelievable. But wait, that's not even all of it. There's more, literally more, because then more angels, a whole bunch more angels showed up. And it says, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace peace to those on those who his favor rests they couldn't believe what they were hearing the angels were proclaiming peace to those whose God's favor rests God's favor rests on and they were saying it to shepherds think of it why didn't they go to those wise religious leaders, the angels? Why didn't that angel appear to him and tell him? 
Imagine the confusion, the doubts that they were probably going through, what, what probably going through their heads. Wait a minute, I, I think they got the wrong guys. But angels don't make mistakes, do they? So I guess, guys, that that means that God's favor is on us. His peace is with us. Seriously? Us lowly shepherds? This was completely out of the ordinary. This wasn't supposed to happen to shepherds. Encounters with God's messengers and promises of blessing and favors from God just didn't come to shepherds. They're reserved for those super spiritual religious leaders. But much like a lot of other things that happened when Jesus, Jesus came, this didn't fit people's expectations. No one expected the angels to be told. Those considered to be the most holy weren't given a place in the stable to kneel on the holiest of ground before that baby, the Messiah. The announcement to the shepherds that God had come to be with us in the birth of the Messiah turned the whole system on its head. Think of the whole story. Just think of it all. Born in a lowly stable, placed into what was basically a feeder for cattle to rest. It's not. It doesn't, it defies logic in our minds. But it reminded people, and it should remind us today, that God's favor is not based on people's standards. God's favor is based on the fact that God loves all of us equally. And that very often, the people who are the higher up, so to speak, are the ones who are too proud and who are, too, are resistant to things of God because that's not the way it's always been. And the people who are lowly have less stature in the church or in society are very, very often the people that God uses the most. It's amazing. The angels appeared to the shepherds the shepherds received the announcement of the good news, and then they became the message carriers of God's peace. They'd come full circle. Jesus' coming meant that the shepherds were now the messengers. And throughout his teaching, Jesus uses shepherds as examples of good things, not bad. He even went so far as to call himself the good shepherd, one who loves and cares for his sheep. That wholeness, that oneness with God is what brings us peace, knowing all is well, and that all will end well should bring us peace. Jesus' arrival for the shepherds was a starting place of peace to all people. 
to all that who, who he is present, who is present with him, and that includes us today. During these turbulent times, when there seems to be no peace, we hear the promise. Hear these words. God is still in control. The God of peace is truly with us and will always be with us. No pandemic can change that. No political back and forth fighting. No amount of problems in this life that we all face daily can change that. The peace that the angel spoke of that day is still available and is here for us. God is in control. God always will be in control. And we can experience his peace if we believe that. Amen.